Hello you, welcome to Riot Act. This is a Rioteers review. Can't believe it. I'm Stephen Hill. He's Renfrey Deadman, as hello. ever. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. I tried to say hello quicker this time because the last Rioteers review we recorded, you were annoyed that I paused for too long before I said hello. So I tried to say it very quickly and then I interrupted you. So, you know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> a lesson learned. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go oh, i'm all right dear. how are you steve you're a little bit hay fevery aren't I, you i've got a lot of hay fever which i'm not a fan of don't worry it's not the coronavirus it's hay fever oh yeah um but yeah people get a few people have gone oh god get to the hospital quickly it's like i've got hay fever like i get hay fever at this time every year yeah don't worry don't worry about it i've just got a really really bunged up nose yeah. i feel fine other 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 illnesses are available other than yeah unfortunately <clears throat> yes um because this is a bastard having your fucking concrete snothead not that it's not the one but anyway enough about that shit um today on the show uh or we should say go over to this is what you want to do go over to, <laughs> go over to um patreon.com forward slash riot act podcast and you can sign up for a multitude of things including our five pound tier which gets you the classic album series that where me and Renfrey spend about between two and five hours speaking about one of our favorite records you get two of them a month and you get one of these a week you get something that you can suggest uh which is the rioters review any album you like you suggest it and we will do it we've got a massive old backlog so don't be too forward in suggesting any right uh, now because it <laughs> but we got a few to get through to we be do honest. want We're you to suggest best. stuff just yeah just yeah we do that. we do want you to suggest stuff there are a lot um there's a lot but there's a fuckload there's um anyway jed granger worth. jed granger has suggested that we do which is what we're doing today the debut album from anti-mask and that is what we're going to do the debut album by anti-mask it's called Anti-Mask and it was released, uh, released. It was released on the 1st of July 2014 on a limited digital edition. Uh, but the worldwide release was the 10th of November 2014. Now, some of you might be going Anti-Mask. I do not know who that is. Uh, Renfrey, would you like to explain who Anti-Mask are? Sure. It's um, the Afros from uh, At The Drive-In. Uh, Omar Rodriguez, Lopez and Cedric Bixlar Zavala. I pronounce that wrong. Um, their band in between the Mars Volta and at the drive-in. Oh no, actually, it's not in between at the drive-in re- reuniting. It's it's the band they formed after Mars Volta split up, basically, and it was a very very yeah. very brief proposition. I think they were probably a band for maybe a year, maybe two years. Uh, they mm. released this record, and um, the Mars Volta have supposedly reformed now, although we've not really seen anything from them, and they've just been doing at the driving dates, much to your chagrin. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> yes, very much so. They, um, hadn't, they hadn't released the new at the driving album at this point, but I had seen at the driving at Brixton Academy at this point, because I reference it in a review, which will be coming up later on, because I went to see Andy Mask live at the ballroom in London. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I remember this happening. Now, I, like most people, was excited when Out of the Drive-In reformed and then quickly was not excited anymore. Um, so when this happened and it was like, hey, Flea's joining them on bass. Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, who at that point hadn't played in a good record or still hasn't played in a good record for sort of, you know, 25 years. <laughs> I was a bit like... 
Yeah, do I need this in my life? You say that. Flea plays bass on um, uh, Delaus and the Commentorium and Francis the Mute. Oh, yeah. So I would say 17 years. <clears throat> okay, fine. <laughs> I'll give... I'll absolutely give you the... He's not the bass, but yeah, okay, no, I can't argue with that, fine. No, but and, he plays um, bass on both those records, so... He does, yes. And also drummer um, David Elitich, yeah. uh, who was the drummer in the Mars Walter. Who was fucking amazing, by the way. Who, who's very good, yeah. Uh, apparently, apparently he's left now. Um, and uh, Travis Barker's playing drums with them. That confused me as well, because um, I don't recall Travis Barker playing drums for Anti-Mask at all. Um, it was Dave Elledge when well, I saw them live, is all I can say. So That's fair enough. But apparently they've got a new album that is going to be coming out. Anti-Mask. So it's been t TBA. Saddle on the Atom Bomb, apparently. Apparently that's going to happen. Oh, wow. Okay. Day. This is news to me. I didn't know this. I assumed this project was gone. But okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I say apparently. I'm doing a lot of in quotations like oh apparently because they've been talking about it for five years I and see. nothing's happened so in that case i say I imagine, apparently I imagine it's happening no yeah okay no but if it is happening travis barker will be the drummer but it's not yay yeah uh they're funny these they're funny these little go on well it's in it's interesting you say that just because uh i think between francis the mute and amputecture Whenever the Mars Volta would get asked that question, what are you guys going to do next? What sort of album are you going to do next? They would say, and I always assumed it was tongue in cheek, but they would say that they would, their third album would be a 30 minute, 10 songs, three minutes each pop punk record, which obviously didn't end up happening. They ended up following it up with Amputecture, which is debatably the diff most difficult Mars Volta record to get into. Um, but... <clears throat> Take the pop punk out of the description. An anti-mask is kind of like bite-sized Mars Volta, isn't it? It's fun-sized Mars yeah. Volta. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I, mean, I usually I think chastise... That's the, that's the problem with this, isn't it? Almost, yeah. I Who wants that? I usually chastise um, critics for giving very easy sort of sub-surface level interpretations of things, but I don't think it would be a million miles off to say that this is the franticness of the Mars Volta with the kind of song structures about the driving and kind of three minute conventional song structures. Well, I was going to say, I don't think there's much of either of them really, because these are Led Zeppelin-y song structures. They're hard rock songs. Aren't oh they? yeah, that's true. In some cases, especially stuff like in the lurch and 50,000 kilowatts and ride like the devil's son. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's kind um, of a weird blues rock thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you could see a lot of Zeppelin, particularly in Cedric. I mean, the way that he performed and the way that he moved, the way that he used the microphone, there was a lot of that stuff I think was taken from Robert Plant, particularly, less so in At The Drive-In, but particularly Mars Volta. He had a lot of that kind of Robert Plant swagger to his performance, I think. It was cool. He was fucking cool. He's one of the coolest well, said, men oh. I've ever seen. Yeah, he was amazing. Back in the day, he was fucking brilliant. Yeah. Proper brilliant. Um, uh, so anyway, I mean, yeah, going back to this album coming out, um, 
like I said, I sort of heard what it was. And due to feeling a little bit let down by at the driving, and a lot of people went to me, oh, well, you know, you should listen to Andy Musk because if you like at the driving and they've done this new, and I was a bit like, do you know what? I just, I just don't need them to do anything for me at the moment. I'm too disappointed with you. So I didn't even really bother paying it, even the sort of the courtesy of a brief piece of attention. Right. When did you honest. first listen to this album then? Um, it would have been probably about well, probably about four months after it came out. Okay. Mid 2015. I just thought I'll have a listen to that. Mm-hmm. Stuck it on. And what did you think? Listen, listen to it once. Thought this is kind of fine. Uh, and then I never listened to it again until we started doing this. Okay, okay. Um, I have a slightly different story with it. I guess uh, I was a massive Mars Volta fan. Massive. You still are. I I, I am still, in a way. Um, yeah, I am, yeah. No, I definitely still am. Certainly when I go back to Dallas and the Comitorium and Francis the Mute and Bedlam and Goliath, you know, I think those records are just fucking classics, all, all of them. Um... Me too, for the record. I was disappointed as the Mars Volta continued, though. Uh, I saw them probably about 10 times live. And I'd say six of those times, they were absolutely awe-inspiring, life-changing, incredible. And four of those times, they were probably a bit shit. Uh, And it tended to be you'd get one or the other. Um, And certainly the last couple of Mars Volta shows that I went to would have definitely fallen under the latter category. Um, mm. I think their last record, Nocturnicate, was not very good at all, personally. And so when Mars Volta split up, I wasn't actually all that disappointed. I actually kind of felt like it was the right move. But I didn't like the way that the Mars Volta split up. They One of, one of the Afros, I don't know if we can refer to them as that, is that terrible to say that? What one? It's Omar. Omar. Okay, so one of them tweeted a bunch of stuff and said how like they felt like the other had been really unprofessional, and it was a tweet that went on. It was multiple tweets and all this kind of thing. It was very public, basically. It was very public and not very nice. And it was kind of surprising that after such a public outburst, just a few months after such a public outburst, anti masks suddenly sprung up. It's like, well, they've they've reignited as friends but they're not going to do Mars Volta they're going to do this new project Anti-Mask and I suppose that kind of made me interested suddenly again because I was like okay so they're not going to go they're not going to continue to go down the route that they have been going down with the Mars Volta which is not one that I particularly liked um and I remember I think I believe I got this album when it came out digitally I think I downloaded it and I remember thinking it was all right. I thought it's okay. It's nothing to write home about, but it's quite a nice, short, sharp start of an album. To me, this was kind of like, you know, the Mars Volta released a three track EP before they released Allowance in the Commentorium proper. I do. Yeah, I got that. What's it called? Cut the City or something like that. I think Cut the City is one of the songs on it. But um, Concertina EP, something like that. They released a three track EP. And it felt to me like this was going to be that the equivalent of that. And then in a year's time, they'll release a proper full-length debut album 
which takes the ideas that they've started with on this and expand them into something really interesting. Of course, that didn't happen. Um, it just it was just kind of like this, and then it sort of disappeared. And, and as a result, that's quite disappointing, really, in the long run. Um, but I don't think it's a dreadful record at all. I mean, one thing I wanted to discuss with you in particular, I would prefer this to the at the driving record the last at the driving record that came out yeah oh god yeah Um, yeah i personally i mean this is where we're going to disagree i personally don't think there's a massive jump between the two and you clearly do just from the way that you just reacted uh but Um, i definitely prefer this i definitely prefer this i don't i don't hate this i kind of do hate the last at the driving album i think it's rubbish and um but then nothing, there's only really a few, I mean, I don't think this is a great record, to be perfectly honest. I don't think it's great. I don't great. think it's a great, well, I mean, okay then, I don't think it's a good record, to be perfectly honest. Okay. I think it's, um, there are certain times when you get a record and you go, with everything that you've done previously, I can kind of understand why, after all the kind of punky craziness about the drive-in, and after spending years and years and years stood on stage noodling like a motherfucker with Mars Volta. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like they were the only two things they were doing. I mean, the, both of them were doing about 15 other bands in the, in the interim, interim as well, yeah. weren't they? Yeah. Um, but this comes out and, uh, you know, it, it's it's never going to be anything more than a curio. No. And you just go, I see, I see why you've done that because... You, you, it feels like you're shaking out all the stuff from the Mars Volta. It's just yeah. shake it out. Like it's, it's very direct. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. shorter. It's much more direct. Um, it feels like it's been kind of not recorded, probably not recorded live, but recorded quickly. Um, yes, it does. It feels quite throwaway. And, and, yeah, and the whole thing feels like a bunch of people who have had some ideas that they kind of want to get together and they want to do something which stops them from just continuing down a road that is getting weirder and weirder. I mean, I remember seeing the Mars Volta at, did you see them at Sonosphere in 2011? Yeah. That was one oh, of the bad shows. Work. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard work that, wasn't it? So they Fucking played, <clears throat> they played Nocturnica in full, which hadn't even been released at that point. And then they did an encore of, um, the first two songs from the Laos, Widow and Goliath. Yeah. Which was excellent. But, yeah, to play to a festival crowd, an album that hasn't even come out yet. I mean, it was typical Mars Volta being up their own ass. As much as I love them, mm. when they went up their own ass, they went firmly up their own asses. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it was bad. Yeah. It wasn't good. And it it was, you know, I, I had sort of... I know I was interested in them at the time, really, but they were, I was like, oh, they're, they're getting more and more and more and more just like difficult to know. Yeah. <laughs> like... How to how, how to even approach this band? The the last time a, I ever saw Miles Volta was that exact same show. It was the same set list, which was another thing which disappointed me because one of the things I always loved about Miles Volta was their improvisation, and it felt like they'd lost all of that. It was just exactly the same show, but I saw it at the Forum a couple of months after the record had come out, so I at least knew the material, but. I was sort of standing at the back of the forum and I remember about halfway through, I'd managed to wangle my way to the third row or the second row 
because people were just leaving in their droves. And if someone left in front of me, I'd just take their space. And then I take their space and then take, and I managed to get to the third row, not even trying, you know, it was a very mm. disappointing last gig. And then they played that amazing encore, which just about made it worth it. But, you know, yeah. Yeah. So you've got these people who are, you know, <laughs> it feels like they are just burnt out from the fucking stress that it must be to, to continually be in the Mars Volta. Yeah. Which, let's be honest, would have been a very, would have been a difficult, fucking difficult band to be in, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't blame them for doing this as a sort of stretch out. Let's just get in a room and play boom, 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 a load of riffs, some sort of old school Zeppelin influence, hard rock, quite punky in its nature, quite raw in its production. Cool. It feels like uh, something no... they, they needed to get out of their system, doesn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> and I think like you would, you know, not all of these records can always be brilliant. And I have to say, I don't think this record is even close to being brilliant at all. Uh, there's a couple of pretty good songs. In it. I think Providence is really good. Yeah, I like Providence. Um, in fact, the, the second half of it is, for me, is better. Like Rome, um, Rome Arm to the Teeth, Drown Your Witches, which I know is a single, and Providence are... I think are probably my favourite songs on it. Um, I really like 50,000 Kilowatts because it's a bit different and I like Ride the, like the Devil's Son as well. But yeah, broadly, I think I'd probably agree with you. Yeah, it's... Um, I, I mean, it feels weird sort of judging this album and this band up against the stuff that they had done previously because... You, it's so, not set out to be made in that way. And also, no, it's that's an impossible. impossible bar. But it's impossible not to at the same time, isn't it? You know? Mm. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, look, I, I think I like this record more than you. Um, you said that you wouldn't even call it a good record. I would call it a good record. Um, for me, it's a three out of five, six out of ten, which I think is good. Um, it's nothing to write home about. Um, it does sound like something that they needed to get out of their system and maybe something that w it was important for them to do uh before moving on to other things maybe just to reconnect personally maybe with reconnect personally with a little bit less pressure than would have been on the at the drive-in reunion or anything that they might have done with the mars volta um mm. certainly i mean should i talk about when i went to see them live yeah go on i'd be interested to hear that <laughs> so um I wouldn't normally do this, but I'm actually going to um, just read this review that I um, did for Team Rock back in the day, just mainly because it's not actually up online anymore. So the only place where it is is on my hard drive. So this is the only way people can hear it. And um, I, I did reread it uh, just before we started recording. And it's not my best writing in the world, but, you know, it'll give you an idea of what the show is like. So it was at the Electric Ballroom on Wednesday, the 15th of October, 2014. Uh, Subheadline reads, Former at the drive-in slash the Mars Volta duo bring their latest eccentric venture to the capital. It was quite a shock when earlier this year, Cedric Bixler-Zavala and Omar Rodriguez-Lopez regrouped to form yet another band, especially considering the very public disintegration of the Mars Volta. Discarding this discarding the everything including the kitchen sink prog odyssey approach of their previous band anti-mask are a much more accessible prospect especially for those afraid of 11 8 time signatures and songs that last the length of the latest martin scorsese epic it's even more uh prescient now considering martin scorsese's last film ah oh, i was such a genius writer um 
with a well strip. <laughs> with a stripped back sound and more conventional song structures, many are curious how tonight will compare to the duo's other projects. At just ten tracks and a pithy thirty-five minutes, the self-titled debut doesn't give much away, especially in terms of how this band will sound in a live environment. But based on the incredible music we've heard from these two virtuoso musicians in the past, anticipation is at fever pitch. In fact, it wouldn't be remiss to mention that the crowd tonight are somewhat partisan with certain sections of the audience responding to the band entrance with a we're not worthy bow before they've played a single note. Thankfully, Antimas deliver from the off, firing on all cylinders and giving songs such as In the Lurch and 4am a ferocity that is ever so slightly lacking on record. The rhythm section, made up of Dave Elich on drums and Marfred Rodriguez-Lopez on bass, which is Omar's brother, are absolutely monstrous. Elich in particular putting in a stunning performance, breaking several drumsticks during the band's 70-minute set. The band so much sounds so much more powerful live than the recordings on their debut would suggest. Cedric continues to prove that he has an absolutely astounding set of pipes, often sounding like a demonic Robert Plant, and somehow manages to make dancing around the stage as if riddled by machine gun fire look like the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> That's quite good. Uh, Omar, as usual, absolutely owns his instrument, attacking the fretboard with gusto and generally melting minds around the venue. He's certainly having way more fun tonight than at the recent At The Drive-In reunion shows and the band as a whole are an incredibly tight unit. Mm. Cedric gives a touching dedication to one times Mars Volta keyboard player Isa, uh, Ike Owens with who tragically passed away the previous day from a heart attack. Oh wow, that was an interesting time to see them then. The resulting performance mm. of Providence there we go, is electrifying, especially during an extended guitar solo where Omar plays with blistering intensity, taking his already frenetic thousand-note-a-minute style to incredible new heights. Uh, sadly, after this stunning highlight, there's a crash back down to earth as the band descend into a self-indulgent extended jam, the more meandering kind that occasionally blunted the Mars Volta's ferocious attack. But this is a small blip in an evening that, on the whole has proved a remarkable starting point. Where they go from here is anyone's guess, but considering the duo's legacy, you would be foolish to bet against them. And I gave it 8 out of 10. I mean, um, all of those sentiments kind of echo what I was just saying about how I felt about this, I think. It felt like it was a starting point for something. Or that's how I felt at the time. And just, it's just unfortunately, mm. it didn't really ever ignite, did it? But, you know. No. No, and I wonder if it ever will be. I mean, I guess there's... Ugh. There've been times where people revisit projects. I mean, I'm thinking of the damn things. I mean, the damn things came along and that album was great. Yeah. Ditto with someone like Head Automatica. There's quite a yep. big gap in between Head the first couple of Head Automatica records. Um and then the third one that never. But it is frustrating when bands do this because I do think what you're saying when when thought about it like that, then yes, if they came back now and there's no Mars I mean are at the drive-in still considered a band at the moment? Is I have that... no idea. I have no idea. Um, and obviously there's been chat about, you know, working on new material from the Mars Volta. But if they were to sit down and really... I mean, the, the theory of Flea, Flea and David Itich, Eltich, sorry, um, being the rhythm section for Cedric and Omar doing a sort of psychedelic led zeppelin project it's, it's a good idea yeah it's a great idea it's a great idea it sounds lovely but you know i don't i think that this was just well there's the idea and let's do it rather than here's the idea let's work on it and see if it's actually worth putting out well josh homie 
Dave Grohl and John Paul Jones in a band all together sounds like a great idea, but I don't think the Them Cricket Vultures album, which we've previously done on a writer's review, yeah. came out as well as the idea would hint that it would. Yeah. And I think this is the same case. Maybe if they'd carried on. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a very, very similar thing. And if it had carried on, you'd like to think that both of those bands would have... I mean, I do think that with these side projects, like, if you're going to do it... Do it proper. You, you might as well just carry on doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, either do it properly the first time and go, like Nailbomb. Nailbomb never did another album. Mm-hmm. Get that Nailbomb album and you go, here you go. It's just this. Matt's Cavalera, Alex Newport, Fudge Tunnel meets Sepultura doing a kind of industrial grind thing. They're going to make one album. It'll be fucking great. And then you'll never hear from them again, yeah. ever. Yeah. Fine. Fine. Um, but that works because it's a brilliant to... album, doesn't it? Well, exactly. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. 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 If you release a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant album, then you can kind of go, that's why Nail Bombers still get talked about now they in do. 2020. <laughs> and them Crooked Vultures and Anti Mask don't. Mm. Well, anti-mask particularly. I mean, I feel like yeah, them, crooked vultures, them crooked vultures occasionally come up in conversation, but anti-mask, you don't peer. I, it was part of the reason I was so keen, I actually, as soon as this was um, suggested by Jed, it was Jed Granger, wasn't it, who suggested this one? Yeah. Um, I jumped, I leapt on it because I was like, oh, that's something that people don't just, they just don't talk about it anymore. A lot of you are probably totally unaware that this band even exists. I would imagine because no one talks about this anymore. And mm. I don't think it deserves to be totally obliterated in history um, and totally forgotten about um, because, you know, it's an interesting, it's, an, it, it, it's, it's all, it's all right. Like it's, it's not brilliant. <laughs> it's not going to change your world, um, rock your world, whatever, but it's, you know, it's all right. It's good. I think, I think it's good. Um, yeah. I just think that it will be, forgotten about completely because the people in it have done far 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 better things yeah and that that it's just there's no chance i mean at least with and they're not as high profile as dave Grohl and john paul jones and josh together there's not that level of like you know profile that they have obviously not many people not many bands do um but yeah, I just, I mean, if it is like, there's no getting away from it. It doesn't belong in the same category as Delaston Comitorium or, you know, In Casino Out or no. Bedlam in the Goliath or Relationship Command. It doesn't belong in there. So it no. will not be in there. And I think time has already told that it's not going to get in there. No, no, um, no, no, no. I agree. I agree. Um, but still, there might be Saddle on the Atom Bomb coming. <laughs> but, but not. Just, just to reiterate my point before... If if this had been the equivalent of whatever that Mars Volta EP that I can't remember the name of was, and then they'd mm. released a debut which had been the equivalent step up to Delaz in the Comatorium, that would have been exciting, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have been really exciting. But like I say, you know, this is. <sighs> but that didn't happen. It's it's like <laughs> a kind of pitch for a, it's like a pitch for a film, isn't it? Like if yes, I was to say to yes, you, yes, if I was, if I was to say to you, like here's a pitch for a film. Leonardo DiCaprio, who's great, and um, Benedict Cumberbatch uh, fight zombies in World War Two, but with the power of time travel. I'm sold. You go, great. Mm. Like, uh, let's do that. 
flare let's do that or like prehistoric and, and they they bring prehistoric zombie dinosaurs into to, into battle in world war Two. this is a great idea for a film you'd go what a good idea yeah let's do that yeah and then you get michael bay directing it <laughs> and it's shite um because an idea is just an idea yeah. what's the idea of 40 towers a bloke runs a, a b&b and torquay it's not a good idea you don't go fucking now where do you think of that yeah, yeah, yeah. where did you come up with the idea of running a it's all in the intricacies and in the detail and stuff. And unfortunately for me, this record sounds great on paper. Flea on bass. And he's a great bass player. The guys from Mars Volta are stripping everything back. And, you know, the whole thing or everything about it, when, when you look at the um, the sort of press notes and stuff, was stripped back, more punky, more instant, shorter, more precise, more rawer you know like we're going to go away from the mars volta and we're going to do you know and from at the driving and we're going to do the most kind of straight ahead thing we've ever done mm-hmm. but it's actually as good as that sounds the guys from the mars volta go sort of un- like hard rock un- mixed with underground punk is that a good idea because that's not really what you want from at the driving or the mars volta really is it so mm. is it that good an idea really yeah. it's not actually a brilliant idea and it's come out not brilliant so uh, I don't know. So are you I'm going not that back down on... on this? I'm pretty down on this record. Yeah, yeah, more more than I thought you'd be. I have to admit. I mean, I I didn't think you'd come in loving it, but I thought you'd have some modicum of time for it, but not at all. I think there's some all right songs. I think there's some all right songs in it, but again, yeah. it's I I feel very much how I felt about it when I heard it in kind of the middle of 2015, which is oh yeah, those guys. I really like their other stuff. Yeah. Uh, returning to it for the first time probably since it came out as i have i have to say i feel no differently about it than i did when i first heard it i don't think so yeah and i think probably the context of it of nothing else happening with them exactly plays quite a big part in that as well because like you said in your review if they'd have gone on to do something good would have been good and you could look back at this first one and go ah see how great it was that they evolved as as i do with the mars volta ep but they yeah. didn't exactly. yeah, yeah. So. but they didn't shame that they've been on a bit of a it's been a weird old time for those guys it has yeah yeah and their we reviewed, stock has dropped a hell of a lot in this we, last decade we reviewed the new sparta album not too long ago and sparta is sort of seen as a bit of a footnote these days i think but you know i mean i've got to give credit to jim ward <laughs> based on the music that they've released in the last couple of years he's far more interesting to me at the moment than those guys are I'm sure He's that will dude. change. Yeah, I'm sure that will change, I would imagine. I'm sure they I'm sure Omar and Cedric will get it together and do something whether it's the Mars Volta or whatever, but uh yeah, at the moment I'm I'm back in Jim Ward, you know, which is not what I thought I'd say back in 2001 when out the driving initially no. up, you know. So. No. No, yeah. me neither. But Jim Ward is He's great. The underrated, the lost hero about the driving definitely. is jim ward definitely absolutely he used to he kept that band together yeah like live for sure um all right anyway thank you jed for your suggestion sort of um well it was definitely your suggestion, definitely suggestion. No, but i mean sort of thanks because <laughs> i don't want to listen to that again to thank be you jed honest. i thought it was a but very good suggestion i thought it was interesting it was a good about. suggestion There's, yeah i'll tell you what it actually was a good suggestion um but i will not be listening to that record again um so if you have any more that you want to send our way, do so on patreon.com forward slash riot podcast and do 
sign up for the five pound tier because I think that's the best stuff. If you already have, I'm not talking about you, am I? I'm not talking about you <laughs> at all, clearly. Um, Renfrey, we'll see you next time. We will. Um, well, I'll see you next time. You'll see me and everyone will see us. That's how it works. Here, but sure. Yeah. Listen to All right, good. Thank you. All right, I'll um, <laughs> see you next time, guys. Thank you very much. We're out. <laughs>